This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And we ended up right in the middle of the hottest canyon desert where the temperatures were approaching 140 during the day. And one of the girls went into convulsions, almost died. And we said, why should we bring water? Because, you know, we're just gonna be overnight and then we'll get there. So we didn't have any water, that was a real problem. And so it was on the news, the Civil Air Patrol was looking for us. We were down in the canyons, they couldn't see us. And it was on Huntley Brinkley. And my father was just thrilled to see that about what his son had done. And I was saying to myself, I told you no Jewish boy should be here. But anyway, so we were there. And then they said, the counselor said, okay, we're looking for some volunteers who would like to quick walk out of here and go get help. So I volunteered, and there were about seven or eight others. I know you can't believe that, but it was true. And we just started walking, you know, and walking and walking and walking. It was so hot. And we would come up to one uh, kind of like small hill, and we were expecting, now we're gonna see the reservation camp, the reservation store. But no, it was just another hill. I just remember it was one hill after the other, and I thought, is this ever gonna stop? And we would just go up, and then we'd go down, and we'd up, and oh no, I can't do it, down and up, and we went up, oh, finally. I didn't die, by the way, in case you didn't know that. But we were looking, we're looking, looking, because we needed water. That's the way it was in verse 22, when it says they found no water. And then, finally, I want you to picture this now, when they finally come up to this place where they can see, and all of a sudden they see water. They see a river, they see beautiful water, it's the water of Mara. They haven't reached it yet. What a wonderful sight that was for them. And they thought to themselves, at last, we're gonna drink and drink and drink from these waters of Mara. We're so thirsty. Can you picture that? Can you picture those people running towards that water of Mara with so much expectation, so much happiness? And can you feel the crash of verse 23 when it says they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. This great disappointment that had happened to them. 
we can feel this extreme disappointment as they thought that now their thirst was gonna be satisfied. What a great disappointment this was. And then they realized that this was unavoidable. It was unavoidable. Why? They were following Moses. It's not like they could have said, I told you we should have gone left instead of right back there. I told you we shouldn't have done this. No, that wasn't an option for them. There was no right and left for them. There was only following Moses who was being led by God. It was unavoidable, just like the war with Amalek was unavoidable for them. Coming to the waters of Mara was unavoidable. And, 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 and we can hear the people saying, why, why are we here? Why did we come to these poison waters? And maybe some would say, what did I do wrong to end up at Mara? And the answer is, you did nothing wrong. This was all God's teaching. Mara lay right in the path of God's leading. They did nothing wrong. They were being led by God. Just think about the waters of Mara in the case of the Lord Jesus. Very early in his ministry in Matthew chapter four, we read in Matthew 4.1, Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And maybe he would have said, well, why did this happen to me? No, he was led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. The people were led of the spirit to the waters of Mara. And it says there that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was a hungry. I'd be hungry after 40, day, 40 minutes, but he was hungry after 40, 40 days. And then it says the tempter came to him in the wilderness, and he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. The Lord Jesus was led of the Spirit into that place, and he could have said, why have I been led here to have no bread for 40 days? And sometimes in life, we ask those questions. We ask those same questions. Why did this happen to me? Why, what did I do wrong in life? What should I have done? Why do I have this heart condition? Why do I have this cancer? And just because we have been, we come to bitter waters of Mara, bitter circumstances in life, it doesn't mean that we did anything wrong because Mara lay right in the middle of where God was leading them to, and they did nothing wrong. And we can hear Israel asking, why did God let this happen to me? Why did God, why did God let me be so disappointed to see these waters and then I can't drink from them? And when we see in verse 22 that it was God who led Israel to Mara, it was God who led them to the disappointment of not finding drinkable water, then we can come to understand that when God, when we see that God led them into this disappointment, we come to understand disappointments in life. Disappointments are God's appointments. Disappointments are God's appointments. I know you don't love to hear that. I don't love to hear it either. But this, because there's so much disappointment that awaits us in life. But God has a purpose, and God's showing Israel that he will never disappoint and Israel's got to learn. They've got their notebooks out there writing these things down. And when we look at Israel and we see this continual pattern of a high at the Red Sea and then a low at the bitter waters of Mara, and then a high by seeing the waters healed, which we're going to see, and then a low of finding no bread, and then a high of bread raining down from heaven, and then a low of war with Amalek, and then a high 
of seeing the battle won with Amalek. See, this is constant pattern. Like, that's life. That's the life that God was leading them into, constantly like that, constantly. An expectation, a disappointment. An expectation, a disappointment. It was continual for Israel in the 40 years. It's continual for us. And this is, how, this is what happens with us. We have such great expectations, such high hopes. Oh, this relationship is gonna be one of perfect harmony. Oh, this marriage is gonna be a never-ending romance to end all romances. Oh, the home is gonna be such a place of peace and restfulness. Oh, my job is gonna be the place where I'm gonna find absolute fulfillment in life. Oh, the diet and the exercise is gonna put me in great health. Oh, the church is gonna be perfect. Everybody, I'm gonna get along with everybody and agree with everybody. And this administration, they're gonna fix all the problems in the government. So much expectations. But it's like coming to the waters of Mara. And they came to the waters of Mara. And the relationship ends in a bitter fight. And the marriage either ends in an actual divorce or a virtual divorce where it's just two people enduring each other. And the home has become a war zone of tensions. And the job Oh, the boss at the job has made this absolutely terrible. And the health has got diabetes and health, heart disease and cancer. And the perfect church is full of people. There are some people there that offend me. And the new administration, what can you say? Promises that are never kept. So this is Mara, and it represents the disappointments that happen. But the, but the real issue here is how to handle the disappointments. And this is where we see what happened when, in verse 24. Because when they came to this problem, it says the people murmured against Moses. It's all Moses' fault. And they said, what shall we drink? Come on, Moses, solve this one. So what happened here, unfortunately, was verse 24. It's all Moses' fault. It's all the other person's fault. Oh, it's the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the spouse, the kids that ruined the home, the boss that ruined the job, the environment that I got all these diseases, the, and all these people offend me, and so forth. And it's the cycle of expectations and disappointments, and they go on and on. And the Lord Jesus prepped us for that when he said in John 16.33, John 16.33, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. You shall have tribulation, but it, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So when the people blamed Moses, they sinned. Now, it's one thing to have the bitter waters of Mara. It's another thing to have those bitter waters enter in and make a bitterness in the soul. And that's what happened. The bitter waters of Mara infected the people and gave them a bitterness. They didn't have to have it, but that's how it's described in Numbers chapter 21.4. Numbers 21.4 it describes they journeyed from Mount Hor by the, by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. That's the description of what happened. The bitter waters infected their soul, so they became much discouraged. They were, they were, they were infected by the bitter waters, by the bitter circumstances of their life. This happened in the beginning of the book of Exodus, it opens up that way, Exodus 1.14, where it says that the Egyptians made their lives bitter with hard bondage of mortar, brick, all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them to serve with rigor. See, but 
God is going to heal the waters of Marah. And God healed the bitterness of their circumstances in Egypt with the whole book of Exodus. Who has a book that's called The Exit? You know, but that's what it is. It's the exit out of Egypt. And Naomi, Naomi in the book of Ruth, she was infected also with bitterness in her soul because of the bitter waters of the death of her husband and the death of her only two sons and, the reduction, and her reduction down to poverty. And that made her bitter inside, and she said, Naomi means pleasant, but she said in Ruth 120, she said unto them, call me not Naomi, don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara, call me bitter. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me, that was Naomi. But God had a tree that healed her waters, and so what happened was that she got a new wonderful daughter-in-law named Ruth, a new family, and she got a grandson that she nursed, and people said Naomi had the baby. That was her healing. Hannah was bitter because she had no children, and she described her bitterness in 1 Samuel 1.15 as, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit, of a sorrowful spirit, but God put the tree into her waters and healed her, and it says, and, and she had a son, Samuel, and not only that son, but in 1 Samuel 2.21, it says the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and Samuel grew before the Lord. Mordecai, Mordecai, he, the waters of Marah infected his soul. He was bitter. It says that in Esther 4.1, Esther 4.1, it says when Mordecai perceived all that Haman had done, Mordecai rent his clothes, put on sackcloth with ashes, went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. But God put the tree into his waters also and made them sweet so that he became the second most powerful man in Persia. And it says in Esther 10.3 that Mordecai the Jew was next to the king Ahasuerus, great among the Jews, accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, speaking peace to all his seed. And Job, oh Job, what can we say about Job? Job says a lot about himself in his book. But Job, he was bitter because he lost his family, he lost his wealth, and he lost his health. And he says in Job 7.11, I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And he says in Job 9.18, it says, he will not suffer me to take my breath, but filleth me with bitterness. And Job 10.1, I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. And God put the tree of, of change in his life and it became sweet. He healed the bitterness. By why? By giving him a new family, greater wealth and even health so that we read at the end of the book in Job 42, 12, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. I can't even imagine one camel, much less 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. So what this is showing us is that the bitter events in our lives, they're continual, but they're only temporary. They're continual, they're only temporary. Put some air on, please. They're continually temporary. And God's gonna overturn them. That's why this chapter is so wonderful because it ends in Elam. It doesn't stay in Mara. It ends in Elam, which we're gonna see is a wonderful place. And there's an Elam behind every Mara. And there was an Elam for Israel. There was an Elam for Naomi. There was an Elam for Hannah, for Mordecai, for Job. And there's an Elam for us also. 
So that raises the question, why does God allow the bitter waters of Mara in our lives? And we can see a purpose in Paul's life. Paul had his own waters of Mara, a bitterness that he had to endure. And he talked about in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. See, he's really talking about this. He's mentioned it twice now, lest I should be exalted above measure. So in this thing I besought the Lord thrice that, he would, that it would depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, let me just pause here and just kind of, so Paul here, first of all, he said, I know the purpose of the Mara, this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, he didn't go into details, but it was something that, was, that he asked the Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. And God said, no, no, no. And God said, I'm giving you my grace and that's enough for you, it's enough. But I'm gonna let you have this messenger of Satan to buffet you, to beat you up, to beat you around continually. And so why was this, what was this? He said it was because of the abundance of the revelations. Oh, Paul, you see things that nobody else sees. Oh, Paul, oh, Paul. And so God says, we can't have the oh, Paul. We gotta have a pin on this bubble. And so God comes along, he gives him the thorn in the flesh. And then he, he tells him his grace is sufficient. And then what something happened, wonderful happens to Paul, and that is in verse nine of 2 Corinthians 12, 2 Corinthians 12, nine. Paul makes a complete conversion on this issue of the infirmities, a complete reversal. And whereas the other time he was saying, get it away, get it away, get it away, now he totally reverses himself and he says, most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake, because when I'm weak, I'm strong. That was a tremendous change for Paul. That was a tremendous reversal. Now, what happened there with Paul? Paul came to a place where he said, I love the acceptance of God's will. I love the acceptance of God's will. That was a total reverse for him. And that's the key to not letting the bitter waters make our soul bitter. That's the key right there. God has led me to this place of disappointments. Disappointments are God's appointments. He has led me here, and I love to accept where he led me. I love to accept his will. Now, the other purpose that he said that he had for Israel in this, when he talked about it, Deuteronomy 8.16, is that during these 40 years, he proved them. He proved them. What's that mean? It means that these experiences, the waters, the waters of Mara, they brought out what was really in Israel's heart. They brought out what was in Israel's heart. You know, when you get, if, 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 let me just say, when a person gets really irritated and then flies off the handle, you know what that is? When you shake the glass, that's what's inside the glass that comes out. And so this is what God wanted to do. He wanted to show them what's really in your heart. I mean, you know, people, we, the Laodiceans thought to themselves, we are strong believers. Oh, we are so strong. Look at our works. 
And, and so, but their hearts were deceived. How can this be that there was such a disconnect between how the Laodiceans saw themselves and how God saw the Laodiceans? How's that possible? But he says, God says in Revelation 3.15, Revelation 3.15, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, I'll spit and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Pretty graphic. God's talking about vomit. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee, buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. They thought they were spiritually rich, they needed nothing, but God said, no, you're not. How is it, how could they have known the reality of their true state? By the waters of Mara. They could find out by trials and that was a purpose that God had for Israel, and that's a purpose that God has in our lives. Because it's when we're, when we're really dry and thirsty, that brings out a yearning for God. That's what David said in Psalm 63. Psalm 63, one, David said, O oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because thy love and kindness, it's better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I'll lift up my hands in thy name. Only when he was in a dry and thirsty land where there was no water, like at Marah, that he could then see the glory and the power of God and praise him. When the Lord Jesus made his invitation. He said, whoever is thirsty, let him come to me. And, 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 and because whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, in John 4.14, John 4.14, that shall never thirst, but though the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And that's what I was trying to say about John 7.37. John 7.37 is when he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And so he, they, God was teaching Israel that where your soul satisfaction comes from is what it says in Psalm 87, seven. Psalm 87, seven, all my springs are in thee. All my springs are in thee. Now, the other reason that God brought them to Marah, according to Deuteronomy 8.16, Deuteronomy 8.16, it says that he brought them to, to humble them to do thee good at thy latter end. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mara was less than 10 miles from Elam. They didn't know that. They didn't know that, but Mara was less than 10 miles from Elam, and Elam was a wonderful place. There were wells of water, cool water, palm trees, green grass. They could stretch out under that grass, which they did, because it says they encamped there. They say, let's just stay here. This is a nice place. But God said, no, we gotta move on. Why? Because God gives to us the measure of what he calls in the Bible times of refreshing, times of refreshing which come from the Lord. And this is all very necessary. 
But before God brought Israel to Elam, God brought them to Marah. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.